Hey, what's up, everybody? We've got an awesome show for you tonight, but real quick, just want to tell you how you can come support the show. So we've got a few ways to do it. Um, so the first one that we're kind of doing, this little promotion deal where uh, we're trying to get people over on our uh, Patreon, Patreon page. Uh, we're going to do a better job of getting... Uh, you know, consistent content on there. But for the most part right now, if you guys want to sign up for uh, Patreon, you know, at any level, what we've got here is we've got this movie. What is this movie, Ed? Oh, that's Frankenskies. That's a, a must watch. Yes. One of the most must watch movies in the history of the universe by our friend Matt Landman, uh, who who we will be talking to on the show very soon. But also, man, like like you guys, they just if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. So you can get a hard copy DVD from the Truzilla crew along with a handwritten personalized note. And I know we, we've got a few new Patreon subscribers we got They're you coming. covered. They're coming. They're coming. Megan just got out of surgery, so we were we all need to get together and get it all signed and get you guys in the mail. But we, we got that stuff coming. So uh, anybody that signs up at any level at Patreon, just shoot us your address in a DM on Patreon, and we'll send you a copy of Frank's Guys along with a personalized note from the crew. Also, another great way to support the show is to head over to TruthTRS.com. TruthTRS.com. Uh, they sell the TRS, which is an odorless, tasteless zeolite spray. It's a heavy metal detox, and it's going to take and absorb all of the heavy metal, heavy metals that have accumulated in your body, in your brain, in your organs, and it's going to s- absorb with them, neutralize them, and then you can just flush them out. And you're going to feel a million times percent better. Like I just, like I just can't tell you how much better I feel personally using it. Um, I've been using it, God, a good six months now, so I must be at the end. But I'm just going to keep rolling with it, man. Like it feels, I feel great. Brain I mean, fog, even poof, even even once you kind of get them out, you have to consistently yeah. keep yeah. taking it because I mean I don't know if you've been noticing, but since watching watching that movie, I see chemtrails. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to have La Nina, but it's been pretty dry around here, mm-hmm. and there's chemtrails mm-hmm. all the time. Yep, yep. I just got a listener from Maryland just sent me a bunch of photos today. Uh, right. Shout out, uh, but um, yeah, she sent us a bunch of photos, and they're just getting hit hard with chemtrails, dude. It was bad. So, you know. All of these things accumulate in our bodies, and so TRS is a great way to get that stuff out. You're going to feel like a million bucks. So truthtrs.com to learn more about that. Also, follow them on Instagram at truthtrs. They've got all kinds of great memes. They post testimonials, and if you have questions, you can hit them up on there. So also, uh, make sure you check out our friend while you're on Instagram, Cody, over at Cody. Cody's, Cody's Crystals, at C-O-D-Y-S underscore crystals. Um, he's got the best gems and crystals in the business. If you need you to get yourself a good Christmas gift, I can't tell you a better place in the history of the, in the world than Cody's Crystals. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Do support, it. Support like-minded yes. folks, yes. just like when you're going to the gym. 100%, yes. <laughs> you guys will see in the episode. Okay. Anyway, uh, also, make sure you go check out Modern Retro Radio. Modern Adis. Retro Adis over at ModernRetroRadio.com, ModernRetroFM.com, and on the TuneIn app. They do uh, new songs by classic artists and streaming 24-7, and it's just awesome. And Adis is a great friend of the show, yeah. um, and so he's got a really cool thing going on. Um, also, make sure you like, share, and subscribe this show. You know, those five star reviews help beat the algorithms, which are definitely working against us. Yeah, you guys, it's just it's just diabolical. So please, please, please help support the show. If you can't do anything financially, you know, you can just uh, give us a like, share and a subscribe. Oh, another great way. uh, Let's see. I've got my uh, ever wondered if you would have complied in 1930s Germany. Now, you know, shirt, Um, you can get that a copy of this at the truthzilla.org forward slash shirt shop. A whole bunch of cool designs. Um, go check them out there. Or if you guys just want to do a value for value donation, like crypto, anything like that, truezilla.org forward slash donate. <sighs> I think that's everything. Anything else? Welcome to the show. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Truthzilla, everybody. My name is Scott, sitting here with my friend Ed. Yo. Megan could make it again once again, you guys, but she's healing. She's thinking about you, sending her love, and she will be back soon. So we are excited tonight because we have a friend of ours since very early on in the Truthzilla process here, you guys. this uh, We are here with Dr. Kendra Becker. Returning favorite. Returning favorite, uh, naturopathic doctor, been practicing for over 15 years. She's a speaker, also an author, uh, including the books. Host of her own show. Yep, yep, yep. Host of her own show, A Delicious Way to Heal the Gut and All You Can Eat. But you guys, this is, she was our first doctor. Yeah, Kendra, you're totally. our first doctor. So um, The original. The original, yeah. So so back, back in the saddle. So this is super exciting. So, wow. What can I say? Like, since we last talked, um, it was about this time last year. It was like, what, it was like about December? A, it's about a year ago. Yeah, but, so. I mean, I, what I remember, too, is like, you know, at that point, you were just, uh, I believe, starting your move to Florida. So I kind of want the, the update on mm-hmm. how, because here we are stuck in Oregon, where they're talking about uh, implementing the COVID passport in March. Mm-hmm. And, I know, I heard. 
So, so here we are. And I, I know Florida, like we, we speak with Cheney a bit, uh, yeah. a friend of ours uh, from Project Cheney. And she's always like, uh, my governor is better than yours. And well, we definitely can't argue. We have the, the least popular governor in the country. But, um, but how is Florida? What, what's it like there? Florida is great. So you are absolutely right. I moved a year ago. Well, a year and like two weeks ago, we Mm -hmm, moved like the first uh, part of November last year. So it's been a full year and it's been amazing. I mean, you know, just the freedom of movement, the weather, of course, of course we moved, you know, we changed our lifestyle pretty dramatically. We bought a homestead. We're doing a lot of home renovation. I have my little, you know, hobby farm started and all of that. And my governor is totally better than your governor <laughs> oh, and all God. the other 49 governors, just in case yeah. you're wondering. <laughs> totally, um, dude. But it's it's all of it. And, you know, DeSantis really, um, you know, he falls on his sword for freedom and for protection of constitutional rights. And he makes no bones about it. So he's, you know, writing executive orders and passing legislation uh, about all the things that really matter to, or that should matter to true patriotic Americans. So it's it's really been incredible to be part of that. Um, and, and Anthony Sabatini, who's one of the um, state Congress people who he's in, um, not in my district, he's um, the, the, he represents the district just south of where I am. So he does quite a bit of, um, you know, PR. He's always stumping for DeSantis and he was local. He was in the area yesterday too. So he's another real, you know, proud constitutionalist. But it's true. I mean, I still have an office in Connecticut. So I'm back in Connecticut about every four to six weeks. And I just went back um, in the middle of November. And I mean, the food shortage, the supply shortages, the shelves are empty in the grocery stores. Um, I mean, all of it. The, the masks, people are still in masks. I walked in to go get my rental car and um, the woman was like, can you put a mask on? I was like, are you for real? Like, are you still doing this here? So yeah. The woman that actually checked me out goes, oh, you must be from Florida or Texas. I was like, yeah. yeah. I am now. Man. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. So poor Connecticut. I had a conversation with Brian Festa recently, not on the show here, but kind of offline, you know, and it's just yep. like, it's just all these states are just, not, the, the ones that are still trying to, hold on to the narrative like it's just it's it's dark it's dark and these people are just like i don't get it at this point how can you not see it and now they're just shoveling more on top they're just shoveling more on top and we're gonna get into all that hopefully tonight but like it's yeah. just it's it's, it's, it's mind-blowing Absolutely. And that's the other thing, too, you know, just in in, you know, talking about comparison with COVID treatment. Like so I had COVID twice. I'm a two time mm. survivor. Just wow. in case you were wondering, I had the had it the first time after flying back from CPAC in February of 2020, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. And then we all got it. My entire family got it again in uh, this year in August. And by the time we had kind of reemerged at the end of August, you know, had kind of done our tour of duty our entire social circle, all my kids, friends, all my husband and my friends, we all got it. Everybody fell like dominoes. So we all did just fine. The numbers peaked a little bit. And, you know, we were kind of the butt of everybody's joke for a while, but we have access to the monoclonal antibodies, which are a huge game changer. I know lots and lots of people who took ivermectin who did really, really well. Um, IV vitamin C and some of the other natural treatments were really effective. And, you know, even my patients in Connecticut, and I'm like, see if you can get your hands on some monoclonal antibodies or some ivermectin or whatever. And they don't even have access to it, which is really scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm uh, just one thing you said there that I'm really curious about, you know, um, I, I also had COVID in August. So I guess we were kind of like, you know, uh, telepathically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enjoying, enjoying the uh, COVID. But, you know, uh, I've kind of thought that once you got COVID, that you had robust immunity so you wouldn't get it again. And you're saying you had it twice. And, um, you know, I mean, over in Europe, if you can prove that you've had COVID, then you can put that on your COVID passport here. They're not allowing that. So, so, uh, what, what do you say to that? What, obviously you've had it twice. Right. So what happened was, is I got it in February of 2020. I did my own. We didn't in February of 2020. You didn't even have a test like I couldn't even if I wanted one, they didn't even have the nasal swabs available. So I couldn't even do a test. So what I did was by May of 2020, I did the antibody test. Everybody in my house tested positive for the antibodies. Now, it wasn't as sophisticated of a test that has kind of evolved over the last year and a half. But in May of 2020, I tested positive for antibodies. May of 2021, I retested my antibodies and they were gone. And so I was like, eh, 
whatever. I figured they were in the T cells, muscle, you know, a cellular memory. And I figured I was in pretty good shape. Uh, What happened in August of 2020, I'm fairly certain this was the Delta strain, which for some reason in our bodies just didn't line up with the immunity that we had previously. It was a completely different rollout. So uh, the initial strain of COVID that I got was like a a 10 day flu. Like I had a fever of 103. I didn't get out of bed. I knew the day that I lost my sense of smell and taste. And I knew the day that it came back. Like it was, it was like a week, like coffee didn't taste good. My husband was like, oh my God, you must really be sick if you're not Mm. drinking coffee. This time was totally different. I had a pounding headache for three days. I whined about that. And then I woke up one day, um, I had a low grade fever. My fever was gone and my taste had gone away as well. And it took a cup for me, it took a couple months to come back. My kids lost their sense of taste for like two days. And my husband, I don't think lost it at all. So that's just kind of how it rolled out for us. So So, do you think that like you had that T cell immunity and when you were reinfected, it was trying to fight it, but it's just too much, a different strain. So it was a complete, yeah, I think it was a completely different animal. I think it was a completely different, you know, the body needed something completely different to fight it off because the symptoms were totally, totally different. Because I think I think it was Dr. Richard Bartlett I heard say that it was it's like when when Delta came around it was almost like a completely different virus. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think the Omicron that they're talking about now, I think is also different. I think it's similar to Delta, but it seems to me, at least my patients that are sick now, which I will say is mostly in the Northeast. Those of us here in Florida, I haven't seen any COVID in the Mm -hmm. last couple here, but the ones in the Northeast, Michigan, um, I'm seeing a lot in Michigan, Wisconsin, those areas of the country. Um, the symptoms are similar to what we had here in August, but they seem to be much milder. Like everybody still is complaining about a headache and body aches, but everybody has said to me, if I didn't know it was COVID, I could go to the grocery store, I could go to the gym, like I could still go out and function. Mm. And wouldn't that be like kind of the natural progression of how a virus should mutate though? It mutates to keep itself alive so it can spread to hosts, but it gets, it gets less uh, deadly as it goes along because it wants to stay alive. So, I mean, realistically at this point, uh, we should be happy to see Omicron. We should be like, yay, the virus is dying. You know, it's it's losing, it's losing uh, its ability to hurt us at this point. And it's just going to be the normal cold. And it's the same thing, too, when you have a bioweapon, when you use gain of function, yeah. you take a, a relatively benign virus and then you add different components to it. I don't know, like, say, a spike protein, you know, for hypothetical reasons, <laughs> we'll use that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, these gain of function viruses do also revert back to their regular standard, you know, SARS virus or, like you said, just regular common cold, which we don't even have anymore. We don't have yeah. flu. We don't have common cold. Mm-hmm. They don't even count Lyme disease cases in Connecticut since COVID. So it's wow. Wow. Yeah. One thing I've kind of wondered is, you know, I mean, I have two young children, a uh, uh, five and six year old. So we've had the cold circulating, you know, yep. in October and November. I, I've felt like I'm getting it a couple of different times, but I feel like I fight it off pretty quickly. I'm wondering if like I just have developed this immunity that's helping fight it off pretty quickly and if that could be related at all. Well, certainly when you first send your kids to school or you change schools, it's like a Petri dish. And so, you know, what I always tell my my parents of young kids is the first year the kids get sick, the second year the parents get sick. And by the third year, if you're in the same school, everybody's kind of immune to whatever goo is going on. I have to say there has been a couple of really weird viruses that were not COVID that have also come through here. There was one that kind of uh, lingered for over a week. It was like an upper respiratory thing, came with some fatigue and came with a little bit, everybody complained about chest tightness. And then there was another one that basically presented like strep, but all the strep tests were negative, you know, like big tonsils, like, you know, tight, you know, sore throat and things like that. And that I've seen quite often too, completely, you know, not COVID, probably just either a rhinovirus or another type of coronavirus. Nobody's testing positive for Corona. So I think we're in pretty good shape there, but I agree with you. I think in some cases it certainly can boost your immunity, especially if your T cells are really primed. In other cases, I do think that COVID can affect your, your long-term immunity for a period of time, similar to other things like Lyme disease. Like sometimes when you're infected with Lyme disease and you treat it appropriately, if you get sick after you've had Lyme disease, like six months, eight months, whatever, down the road, you get whatever sickness that is, and you get kind of like your Lyme myalgia comes back. And that's been a pretty common occurrence that I found too with some of my recovering COVID patients. 
Interesting. Sure. You know, sure. I noticed something. So here's a question kind of along the lines of autoimmunity. I, uh, did you see, so, you know, Pfizer had the whole thing going on with their clinical trials where they were trying to postpone releasing all the trial data for 55 years, right? And so some court pushed back on that and said, no, 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 not so fast. And you need to give us, you need to give us something. And so they did release some on Monday or whatever it was, the first, whatever I think it was. Yeah. I was reading through that and it was really interesting because I noticed that the, uh, they list out all the, I mean, it's great. I mean, have you, have you had a chance to look at it yet? No, I have okay. the link. I have yeah. not mm -hmm. opened it's, it, but I did yeah. read some of the summaries that said there were more deaths from the coronavirus vaccine in 11 months than there had been in like the 35 years they've been tabulating. Oh this. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. you know, basically just, if you look at the VAERS numbers for sure, it's just exponentially higher. That's just crazy. This particular one, it does, they just, they, they cop to 1,223 deaths. Like they just straight up say, they, yeah, 1,223 deaths during the clinical trials, which of course I'm sure they're going to say, you know, these were just, uh, you know, elderly people that died naturally or whatever, right. They're going to take anything to remove the causation factor from it. But, <laughs> but then they list all What's up, bubbies? Then they list yeah. all of the, uh, you know, all just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different like adverse events that occurred, mm -hmm. and one of the, and then they break them into categories. And one of the things I noticed, which um, kind of, I, I was, they had a whole section of like cardiac issues, and then they had a whole section of autoimmune issues, and they, mm -hmm. and so you know, all over the news, we've been hearing so much about like myocarditis, pericarditis, but they actually listed those underneath the autoimmune disorders. Do you know any reason why they would do that? Uh, so there is an autoimmune trigger with many vaccines, not just a messenger RNA delivery system. Mm -hmm. um, and there is an upregulation, like when you're challenging the immune system, you can get an appropriate immune re re response, you can get a, a blunted immune response, and you can get an overimmune response, which leads you to like an autoimmunity or a cytokine storm. The whole way that the mechanism of the spike protein, you know, because this is really a spike protein vaccine, doesn't give you immunity, doesn't reduce your risk or symptoms of contracting this virus it simply just gives you the your body's ability to make a copy of the spike protein so if your body sees this particular spike protein hopefully you won't get the virus is what they're mm -hmm. saying but there's no evidence that, to show that one way or the other so with that technology, we know because they've used it in cancer treatment that it does increase upregulate the immune system and increase the chances for autoimmunity, which is true with many of the other vaccines that we've even had on the market for 50 years. Mm, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, another question I had. So um, we were talking about monoclonal antibodies. I heard I saw an interview with um, Brian Artis, I think his name is, Dr. Artis, and he was very much against the use of monoclonal antibodies. And he was referring to... Um, a, a study involving Ebola where, where they were uh, using it on Ebola. Have you heard of anything? Have you heard of any of this? No, it's funny. I, I'm involved in a think tank, you know, that we've been, you know, together for probably like five years now. We sequenced mm -hmm. uh, the coronavirus back in mm -hmm. December of 2019. And we talked about using plasma, you know, back then. And we had kind of put together a whole little, you know, like information card about why we were going to use uh, antibodies or plasma therapy and things like that. So I had always been kind of team antibodies from the very beginning. I thought it was, it could be very effective. Um, you know, the antibodies that Trump got, of course, came from a aborted fetal tissue. Issue, so people were kind of a little, mm. like, you know, e about that. Mm -hmm. Here in Florida, we're using uh, recombinant um, ones that are come from mice DNA. So if it makes you feel any better, it comes from mice. But yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for what it's worth, I think it's a huge game changer for. So so let me back up a little bit. So with coronavirus, right? It's it's similar to me, in my opinion, like Lyme disease. It's not the initial infection that kills you. It's what your immune system does afterwards. And so with Corona in particular, uh, day one to day seven is basically your typical virus, right? It's not a big deal. If you continue to have that relapsing fever, the myalgia, all the, the kind of accelerated symptoms, your body runs the risk of going into what we call a cytokine storm between day seven and day 11 is when, when the biggest challenges are. So my opinion is, is if you've got symptoms for more than seven days, particularly that fever, those monoclonal antibodies can certainly level the playing field. 
Totally. And, you know, I've heard nothing but positive things too, but of course, as they always say, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. <laughs> right. right. I well, and, I, and I think, and I think everybody has their opinion on, on yeah. what's effective and what's not. And, you know, they're suppressing so much information yeah. out there that could be useful. Like all those, I just had an argument with somebody on my Facebook page before I got banned again, but you know, <laughs> oh. um, about, you know, he started, you know, we started talking about this and he's like, Oh, the science. And I said, listen, I said, science is ever evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, we never have to redact a stuff. Like, you know, let's use Wakefield as a perfect example. How come there wasn't 10 scientists that lined up to repeat the exact study that he did to prove that guy wrong? Mm. Nobody proved him wrong. They redacted him and, and then ruined his life. And mm. it's the same thing. Like I did a whole bunch of, of education on, on the masks and how masks are bad for kids, like way back in the day. And all the studies that I had pulled for research also all got redacted, you know, wow. and it's like, if they're wrong, where are the studies to, you know, you can always yeah. do a study yeah. to prove something wrong. Like, where are those studies? They're nowhere to be found. So let's continue to evolve our science and and go back to true medicine and really look at what is going to help people. But we know that that's not the end game. Yeah, man. So we oh, go ahead. No, I just I think 100 percent. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, they obviously had an agenda to get these vaccines out. And that's why they've suppressed every kind of early treatment that we know has worked. Every there's so many doctors come out with. I mean, we got hydroxychloroquine and uh, what is it, zithromycin and zinc, like that that whole uh, Dr. Zelenko formula. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with the ivermectin now, you know, in India, they're giving out packets with the ivermectin and the, uh, what is it? It's zinc and it's another kind of uh, antibiotic, I believe. But Yeah, zithromycin, uh, I, actually, I think. I think it yeah. is zithromycin. It's like I, I actually ordered person. some of those packs from India and have them here just to give out to my family that, you know, like... Mm. Because they think they're protected because they had this vaccine that's not working, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, um, uh, so I got those. But um, and then there's budesonide. I mean, there's there's so many different treatments we found that have really helped against this thing and monoclonal antibodies. But uh, but yeah. they, they they've literally suppressed everything about these these medicines just so they could push this vaccine through. And I mean, we've been screaming this at the mountaintops for for you know a year and a half now but right. yeah if, well, if, and the 20 years prior right about yeah. all the information that was suppressed about the vaccine schedule that had changed in 1986 yes. you know i i mean i appre- i appreciate people's you know um impetus at this point but i'm like listen we've been fighting this fight for 20 30 i mean yes. i've been fighting it for 20 mm-hmm. years but it's really been kind of like a 35 year fight you know the, the the information has been suppressed the all of it the upregulation of of autoimmunity in kids yeah. you know there's that uh, organization called half or sick 50% of children in the United States yeah. carry a diagnosis of autoimmune of uh, mm-hmm. a chronic or an autoimmune diagnosis like what are we doing mm-hmm. you know yeah. what are we doing to our kids yeah how do you explain that away or you know one of the cases to be made against Fauci being the, the main public health official for the last 40 years and it's like look at the decline in overall health you know whether it's children or adults and obesity and just all these chronic conditions across the spectrum doesn't matter what your age race anything like it's just like it's just the health is just on this constant deterioration, you almost have to stop and wonder whether or not that, in fact, was the public health policy that they were going for. You know? Well, I know. And here's the other thing. This is the other thing that literally, literally makes me scratch my head, right? We went after all these old people, right? So the average age in America, I think, right now is about 78 for a male. I think I think that's the number. Don't send me emails if I'm wrong. It's about <laughs> that. Right. But we went after the senior population and, you know, scared the bejesus out of them, made them get two vaccines. And now we're chasing them around for a third. Like if you live past 78, like you're already on borrowed time, you know, Mm. eat the carbs, spend the money you don't have, drive in the convertible. Like, why are we chasing people around for a freaking vaccine? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the people that that, that they're never getting those years back. And and now that we wasted two of them at this Mm -hmm. point. Right. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. And if they were dying, they were in the hospital alone in a lot of cases. Oh, my. You have no idea. The stories are just horrible. And not only uh, for the elderly. I mean, we lost a friend that was in her early 50s. You know, she died alone. I mean, it's egregious. Absolutely egregious. I agree. I I was just thinking when you were explaining that, Scott, just a minute ago, it's it's funny how they how they try to explain that away is as I see it is they they kind of blame it on 
well, it's not just it's not the vaccines. It's they, they might point at the food or they might point at all these other things, which realistically, like all these things are problems, right? Like all right. of the things are problems. But but no one takes the whole blame and just points the finger at everyone else. But the reality is, is, you know, we need to clean up our vaccines, our food system and, uh, you know, our air, everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. All, well, all of it. And, you know, I, there were several people, you know, these big prominent kind of holistic, you know, health people that had said, you know, where's the mandate for vitamin D? Like, like where's the mandate for vitamin mm-hmm. if they really vegetables. cared about where yeah we're yeah mandate let's mandate vegetables, vegetables. <laughs> yeah. i love that you know it's it's so sad. my son has i think he outgrew it now but he had a t-shirt that said mandate vegetables that's for great that's great yeah. Um, yeah we had we had uh dr ely on and he he's from uh, oregon and uh he actually went to the oregon health authority and when this whole thing started and tried to put out some like let's work with people and get them on vitamin d let's tell them what's going on that 80 percent of these people that are dying are vitamin d deficient and they they just they acted like they were going to respond at first but then they just stopped responding altogether mm. oh absolutely and it was the same too in connecticut because there were some hospitals that had reached out that were interested in doing the iv vitamin c i don't know if you remember way back when but there was quite a bit of research that i think came out of france that showed something like 24 grams of vitamin c you know in divided doses had really reduced ventilator times and um you know illness outcome and so there were a couple of the hospitals were doing it and then as sure. soon as the almighty uh, you know, pharmaceuticals came out that kind of went by the wayside, which is unfortunate. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I think that vitamin C was a big part of like how I helped heal myself. I was taking a lot of high dose vitamin C. I mean, I wasn't injecting it obviously, but um, I mean, I couldn't get my hands on any of the hydroxychloroquine or the um, ivermectin or anything. I tried to reach out to uh, America's frontline doctors and get ivermectin, but they were, I think they were just so busy with how many yeah. orders they were getting that I wasn't able to get it in time. So, so yeah. I was, I was just relying on the, the, the vitamins I knew would help. So I know I did the same thing. And I mean, I'm a big vitamin C advocate, even not in COVID times. And yeah. I absolutely love herbs like quercetin and nettles. And yeah. actually the first time I had COVID um, and we didn't really know a whole lot about therapeutics other than the vitamin C, I was drinking nettle tea, like by the gallon. And then like, as soon as I had recovered, all this research came out and was like, oh my gosh, nettle tea is so great to stabilize the mast cells and reduce the mast cell activation in COVID. And I was like, oh, see, I'm ahead of my time. So Perfect. that could difference. Like, yeah. So in your, uh, in your private practice or in your practice, have you seen any sort of like increase or uptick on things that could be attributed to like vaccine adverse events or just like long-term side effects from it? So my son is an athlete. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, the stuff that is happening with the athletes, like mm-hmm. I take really personally and I get a little emotional about it. So I'm going to try to keep Let it loose. Brief. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the you know, just somebody had sent me a video the other day, it was five minutes long, and it went through every single solitary athlete that had dropped dead. Mm-hmm. And what really kind of hit me was my son is a hockey player, and they use um, an app called Live Barn. And so Live Barn basically videotapes um, hockey games at a bazillion rinks that have this technology. So one of the, gr- there was a girl, female hockey player, I think she was like 14 years old, she had a cardiac arrest on the ice. And the video actually came from live barn and it was like i mean it it literally made Mm. me nauseous to think i mean that could have been any kid on my on my son's team and all of that so that the athletes personally um you know, really hit me kind of hard. But what I've seen in my practice, quite honestly, is all the the weird fertility stuff. Like I have mm, a bunch of, okay. of college students who haven't gotten their period in like five months. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's the stuff that's kind of scary because again, we don't have any long-term studies on any of this. And and the study and the the stuff that's come out about these poor women who are getting vaccinated in pregnancy and then losing their babies. Yeah. Like 12 hours later, like not a year later, not, you know what I mean? Like, like minutes, hours, days after they're there. And it's usually the second vaccine that causes kind of like the biggest problem. Mm. So that's stuff I've seen. I've seen more pulmonary emboli and more pulmonary artery, um, you know, clots. And, and then I really would like to, you know, admit in my career in this year than I have in the whole first 15 years of my practice. I mean, wow. just weird stuff that I wouldn't expect to see, you know, on a typical day to day. Wow. And 
And, and they're trying to normalize that stuff too. There's there's lots of articles coming out through the media like, oh, kids have strokes too, and, and things like that. They're they're trying to make it so mm-hmm. so people don't recognize it, right? And it feels like there's this race to get everybody vaccinated, so then then the symptoms don't stand out. It's mm-hmm. it's another cause, right? Yeah. Well, and suffering. that's it. And I think there was some, I, I can't remember if it was um, one of the the vaccine organization groups or whatever, but they literally put out a statement saying that uh, we know that myocarditis is a known side effect of the vaccine and it's fine. It means the vaccine is working. Like, <laughs> oh God. Uh, <laughs> but I thought, I thought what was the one guy that said, you know, we're just not what going to know what this is going to do to the kids until we get it in yeah, the kids. Exactly. Right. So yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that, isn't that how we ended up with Obamacare? Yeah. Here's the uh, 1500 page book and we won't know what's in it until we pass the bill. I, yeah. It's the same freaking playbook. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and Americans keep falling for it. Like that's mm-hmm. what makes me nuts. I, I, it, at this point, it just, it makes me insane too. I, I especially since Omicron has rolled out, I, I keep seeing these articles where they, they put the facts over here, but then they put their opinion that completely goes against the facts like this we don't know how much this spreads but it spreads really quick mm-hmm. right yeah. like like we we don't know how deadly it is but it's deadly but you gotta yeah, watch just out, like everybody yeah. I, and the, you're absolutely they, they speak out of both sides of their mouth yeah, right totally. so there's the statement from the south african doctors that are saying everything that we're seeing in south africa right now is mild disease yeah. and then here in america they're like get your booster and if you're mm-hmm. eligible get your booster and if you're not eligible get your booster i'm like i like seriously? And meanwhile, the the head of Moderna is telling us that we don't know if this our vaccine will even work against this Omicron variant at all. And you're not even required to get a vaccine if you work for Moderna. Okay, kids. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Of course not. Exactly. Of course not. And then if everybody that- quit. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Yep. And, exactly. And then, and of course, in all these mainstream news articles, because we do a special for all of you that don't know on rockfin.com forward slash truezilla, we do a weekly premium clown town update where we dissect the news of the week. And uh, we just we just got done recording ours this week. And we just just the madness, the madness, clownish nonsense, ridiculous stuff. And uh, what we what we noticed, the one trend is that they go always go to this one guy, this one individual. Uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who they always address as former FDA commissioner, whether it's Business Insider, Yahoo News, CNN, MSNBC, they're always quoting or going to Dr. Scott Gottlieb as a resource, the former FDA commissioner, which sounds like it has a lot of authority behind it. But what they fail to tell you every single time is that he is the on the current board of directors of Pfizer. Of course. So I was just, just going to say, isn't he the guy that owns like a hundred million dollars in stock in Pfizer yes. or something? Yes. I, I mean, so, uh, there was a report that just came out that said something like fifty-three percent of U.S. Congress members hold stock in Pfizer. Oh. I think that was, the, and then my, I think it was like Pfizer, Microsoft. Um, it, it was like all the criminals. It, that was the yeah. list of. of I, I, like I can't. I, I just. Of course, this is absolute criminal criminal criminality. Dude. This is organized crime. This is just racketeering. This is just like just brutal. It's brutal how obvious and just blatant and just just reckless. And the hard part is that they're in lockstep across the entire yeah. globe yep. that's that's the hard part yep. well and you you see what's rolling out which is what scares me like in germany i mean they're setting mm-hmm. up for for nazi germany they have everybody 100%. basically on house arrest if you're unvaccinated they're in full lockdown in australia in italy i mean people are allowed to leave their house based on the name their the first initial of their last name oh, i mean geez. and it's we got so israel scary. where they're they've already you know you're required to have the three for to to be considered vaccinated and then they're adding the fourth Mm -hmm. so so if you don't get the fourth you're you're not vaccinated they're at 90 some plus percent vaccinated yet we we've seen huge spikes in cases right like like and a ton of mortality yeah yeah yeah. that they reported that they openly reported so which should be kind of the indicator right at the end of the day you know we we also just covered also that uh, all cause mortality in the pfizer clinical trials how there was a 24 percent increase in the vaccinated group versus the placebo group that's just yeah. all cause it was like 21 versus 17, 17 yeah so um it wasn't a lot it wasn't enough to to you know be statistically significant i would say at this point but i think i mean the, the statistic that has been pointed out to me though that is in 2020 our deaths weren't really off track but in 2021 we're way high yeah so yeah, what absolutely. changed 
Yeah. Well, exactly. exactly. And we had a spike. They here in Florida, even they rolled out that vaccine, yeah. you know, just like the little, you know, Florence Nightingale with her cart. Mm-hmm. And they vaccinated everybody. I think on the outset, like within the first couple of months, they had some, the statistics were crazy. It was like yeah. 61% of everybody over 65 in Florida was vaccinated. And then our, our case rate and our mortality rate and everything else went through the roof. I mean, it was crazy. So, yeah. but that's, that's kids, their main. That's their main argument that they hold on to. Like all these like people on on all these news networks, like they're always saying, and I've heard them actually address the idea of the um, the heart attacks or the the increase um, risk of just cardiac ailments. Um, they say, well, but yes, well, yes. I mean, there is maybe some risk of that, but you're much, much more at risk from getting those same exact things from COVID itself. Like they, they're trying to paint it as like COVID <laughs> is the one that you're at much more higher risk of getting myocarditis, pericarditis from, especially if you're a kid. Yeah. Well, and so that's the other thing, you know, really the recommendations were uh, post COVID that you should take a baby aspirin every day for six months, again, just for to reduce the risk of cytokine storm. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I had, you know, passed that recommendation on to my patients. And then I think just within the last week, it was like baby aspirin is useless. And I was like, I, you know, you just, you can't win. You can't win. So it's not going to help against heart attack or stroke. So. So I have a question just based upon like what, what you said there too, about the, um, you know, once they rolled out the vaccine and we're seeing all these cases, are, are we seeing the antibody dependent enhancement? Is this because they're getting a vaccine that's all based on this alpha variant and then they're, they're subjected to the Delta variant, which is a much different disease and it's, it's latching on is, is, is that kind of what we're seeing? I think so, because remember what happened with all the nursing home deaths, uh, you know, let's go back to December and January, J- December 2019. So mm-hmm. now what did we see? We saw all those nursing home deaths. What happens in nursing homes, especially in places like New York, right? Everybody gets a flu shot. So that year in 2019, there was actually a coronavirus in that flu shot. You know, how they put a couple strains, you know, based yeah, yeah. on, you know, the roulette wheel or whatever, you know, they do. And um, so because of that, there was quite a bit of evidence that showed that what happened was the coronavirus in the flu vaccine wasn't enough to upregulate an immune system to be able to fight it, but instead made the body's increased susceptibility, uh, increased susceptibility. So I, did you see my dog just? Yeah, I just escaped. (laughs) (laughs) Need to go grab him? Yeah, no, she's fine. Okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. And now the boys, I have four, so they'll they'll come and go as they please. Good, Um, that's great. And so I do think the same thing kind of happened. Again, viruses mutate really, really quickly. And so particularly with the coronavirus, the way that they, the vaccine, the way that they rolled it out, I think there was quite a bit of increased susceptibility. I got two calls today. I'm not even in the office on Friday of two of my patients that are positive for COVID, both of whom were vaccinated. One is Mm. like on the bubble of actually going to the hospital. So, Mm. I mean, it's not saving anybody, at least that I'm seeing right now, as far as being able to not, you know, you're not, nobody's immune. Yeah, and totally. it's, I mean, the argument can make, it's, it's making it worse, right? Like, I mean, oh, and especially absolutely. now, I mean, now we're telling people to take more of this vaccine that doesn't work for even another variant, which probably will, it will even work less on, but it, this variant isn't really that scary, but maybe if you've weakened your immune system to coronavirus to, to that point, that it will be able to cause some harm. Yeah. Well, I just, I think kind of, you know, punching the immune system in general is probably not, (laughs) it's not recommended, you know? So, and certainly using technology, like you said, that nobody's really sure how it exactly works or what the long-term effects are. And that's what I keep saying to my patients, like even the ones that are really, truly scared. I'm like, listen, it is your decision as to what you want to do with your body. Like I'm a capitalist. Everybody's allowed to make an easy 300 billion if they want to, and they have the capability to do it. Like I'll never fault anybody for that. But the truth is, is you have to make decisions about your healthcare based on what is right for you and not what is the common vernacular. And you have to take a look at what, what's out there, even, even the propaganda. I mean, they're giving you an, uh, an untested vaccine. They themselves had, have admitted that this vaccine is not going to, the clinical trials aren't going to be finished until 2023, mm-hmm. which is how all clinical trials are done with uh, most pharmaceuticals. Phase one, you know, they usually give it to animals or a very small particular, you know, human test group. Phase two, they increase the demographic a little bit. And basically phase three of any medical um, pharmaceutical trial is kind of when they put it out in, you know, for public consumption. We saw it with Vioxx. We saw it with 
you know, a gazillion other drugs. Fenfen, remember Fenfen? I was, mm. I was in um, uh, cardiac. Yeah. yeah, I was in a cardiac unit in the late 90s. And we saw a lot of heart attacks from Fenfen. So, I mean, these are all drugs that really don't get, you know, clinically tested until they reach the general population. I mean, come on, people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is the standard. And I think a lot of this agenda, too, is to derail the entire process of, you know, having like actual Certainly. clinical trials and just normalizing right. the idea of like, hey, I got an idea. Let's just do this. Let's just do this and mix a few chemicals together, throw it in a package and put it out. And just well, they're certainly trying to make the coronavirus shot like the flu shot so they can make a different variation each Without year. Without having to right? go back and so, retest it every yeah, single exactly. one. So. Or with the mRNA platform being like, what is it? What is it? Plug and play the whole yeah. plug and play idea yeah. where it's just like yeah. you, 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 you have your own little vaccine manufacturing station over by your coffee maker in your kitchen and they just download <laughs> and, and with your genetic material, like custom, customized little vaccines. Just We're laughing, you. but it's so diabolical. It no, Dude, they're going to put it in lettuce. Did you see that? Yes. Yes. They're, oh they're genetically engineering. They're like these stupid anti-vaxxers won't take it. Then we're just going to put it in your damn salad. Fine. You want to be all healthy with your organic salad? See, I've always kind of been wary of the whole organic food section because I'm like, okay, that's actually that actually would be the best way to get to all of us is to put it all in the organic food, dude. <laughs> well, you got you got to go to know your farmer. You uh, know, yes, that's, exactly. That's we need to know. we need to cut cut down the supply chain between our yeah, food yeah. and the production. No, they're messing with the supply chain anyways. So. Yes, exactly. Oh my exactly. god, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, so. Dr. Kendra, one of the awesome reasons why we love to chat with you is because like, not only are you a doctor, you have a lot of expertise in these matters, but you're also like a patriot freedom fighter. And like, you're, you're on this ride with us, like in terms of just like, you know, okay. So we're looking for solutions outside of all the boxes, like all the boxes we just need to throw away. One of the things here in Oregon that's happening, um, a lot of folks, um, you know, ex healthcare, ex nurses, doctors that have been forced out because of the mandate, because we do have a very, 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 uh, you know, (laughs) heavily enforced vaccine mandate here in Oregon. Um, What they're doing is they're forming what they're called private membership associations, PMAs. Have you, are you familiar with those at all? Yes, absolutely. And we're kind of looking to organize something similar down here in Florida. Um, And it was funny. We had kind of a little bit of a board meeting a couple weeks ago and there were people on the board who were like, we want to make sure that when we write up all of our documents that it says that it's only unvaccinated, like vaccinated need not Mm -hmm. apply. I was like, wait a second. Like, like now we're going full on in the other direction. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I mean, I can see why it's coming to that. And, and quite honestly, that's what I said from the beginning. Like when you start forcing people to do stuff that they don't want to do all you do is create a black market and kind of the time is right i mean between the crypto market and you know what is sustainable and accessible and you know people with their own self-sustaining kind of lifestyle and the amount of people that have moved off grid and you know how we're all kind of reverting back to using you know plantain leaves as as band-aids and all of that and staying out of commercial big box stores i think is is a huge awakening for a good amount of the population which i'm grateful for Totally, totally. And uh, so, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of the thing with the private membership association, like they're, they're, the example, and I don't know much, I need to learn some more about this, but they're saying mm-hmm. how it kind of just cuts the state out. And to me, it's just yeah. like, how is that even possible? Kind of a loophole. You know, they're saying, well, imagine it's like a, it's like a, you know, you have like a, a country club or something, right? Where you, you serve liquor, but you don't have to have a liquor license. It's just like, you just, you just run your own business, like outside of the scope of whatever regulators would normally be breathing down your neck. But then, I would just thinking that like in terms of the the medical field, you know, it seems Mm -hmm. like you rely a lot on the industry that you're trying to get away from, you know, like we would actually have to like create our own. I mean, as a a naturopath doctor, Mm -hmm. like maybe you can help me understand, like, you know, if I need to get like supplies, like medical supplies, like what does that what does that look like if I'm building my own private membership membership association away from big pharma, away from like the whole institution? Well, it all depends on what you're, you know, looking for. I mean, you know, don't come to me if you need brain surgery. You know what I mean? But a lot of what you can do, and and I always say this to my patients, you know, I'm happier if you stay out of my office. It's a terrible Mm -hmm. business model, but it's it's always better ultimately for the outcome. And you really kind of put healing back in the seat of the patient, which is where it's always supposed to have been belonged. And we've gotten away from that because of, you know, conventional medicine, where now you have to take your perfect newborn baby to a doctor so the doctor can tell you if that baby's healthy or not. Like Mm -hmm. as a mother, you know if you're 
your kid is healthy or not. You know, and, and we've, you know, I, I used to get calls all the time from my patients. My kid has a fever. Okay, how high is the fever? 99.1. How long have they had it? Two hours. Call me back in three days if they still mm-hmm. have it. Nobody has a fever after three days unless something really bad's going on. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that has happened. As far as a PMA or concierge medicine, like here in Florida, we have tons and tons of different businesses that do home, you know, vitamin IVs. They'll go to your house. They'll give you a Myers cocktail or IV vitamin C. You know, these days with the technology that that's out there, I mean, you can do an ultrasound, an X-ray, uh, a fluoroscopy, all kinds of uh, injections, you know, portably. You know, if you just have the right equipment. So if you're looking to do a PMA and and offer, you know, like a colonoscopy, so to mm-hmm. speak, you know, for doctors that are kind of into that, you know, mm-hmm. you certainly could get your hands on on that equipment. And, you know, to that point, you know, I'm kind of rambling. I apologize. But in England, even 10 years ago, if you wanted to be a naturopath, all you had to do was hang a shingle until you got a call from God. You know, there are lots of uh, amazing providers that have practical knowledge or wisdom that has either been handed down or practically learned that they didn't go to any conventional school for and are amazing, you know, providers. I mean, there's always there's there's quacks and crazies in every field out there. So you just have to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff. Totally. And, and it's funny how in this situation, all the quacks have managed to find themselves in positions of power and authority and they're the ones running the show. <laughs> so you know that there's a website out there. I think it's called Quack Watch, quack watch. I, or Quack something, right? And so um, I had uh, one week randomly, I ended up with like a dozen new patients, which is a lot for me in one week. And so my assistant asked one of them, you know, where they heard from me and they were like, oh, we saw Dr. Kendra on, on Quack Watch. So wow. it turns out they are one of my biggest referral bases. So I got <laughs> trashed on so yeah, I got trashed on social media for being a quack. I spoke at Autism One about biomed, and then I got labeled. And I mean, if you pull up my face on on the internet, you see quack twenty twenty, quack twenty nineteen. I was like, call it like it That's is. Great. Be- yeah, that's great. Love it. I love, love it. it. You know, there's something like that here in our hometown, Eugene. I think they got shut down because there was like some issue of like certain people being docs. I think there was some violence involved with it. But there was a list of it was like, you know, this total like social justice warrior page where they were listing all the businesses and establishments around town that were not following COVID protocol or did not have a Black Lives Matter sign in their front window or something like that. And like they were trying to dox all these local businesses. And I was like. I'm going to write all these businesses down. I'm going to go shop at these places. <laughs> totally, like, 100%. <laughs> so that's great how that they they, they, they they don't realize that they're just, yeah, that, that's hilarious. They're that's advertising great. for they're us. Advertising. It's great. Yes, yes, it's, great. it's free advertising. That's what I said. I was like, my biggest referral source in 2020 was Quack Watch or Quack Docs or whatever. It was <laughs> that's like, so you. great. That's that's great. So, so you mentioned something just, just there, uh, Biomed. I guess yeah. I'm not like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. So biomed is kind of like an umbrella term that really means using natural or functional medicine. So okay. I have since learned that using words like naturopathy, natural medicine, and functional medicine on sites like Facebook and Instagram get you uh, shadow banned. So I have changed the vernacular to uh, the words root cause medicine. So it means you basically look at, you know, for me, you know, I I am a geneticist by trade. And so I look at the genes and really the function of the cells. And so, of course, cells make up tissue, tissue makes up organs, organs makes up organ systems and the rest of it. So for me, by looking really at the root cause or, you know, kind of the basic components and functioning of cells and, and cell systems really really help with, in particular, in this situation, the recovery of autism. But you can use biomed or root cause medicine really to treat any any condition. Okay. Because, yeah, I heard you use that in in correlation with autism. And I think that since you you have expertise around that, like like what would some of the protocols that you would – or I guess like can you just give us a little insight into, you know, some of your modalities for maybe healing or helping families, you know, overcome – Sure. I, I do all of it. You know, I, I'm a food is medicine girl. So I always, always, always start with diet, which is a huge challenge in in the autistic population. And then depending on what you see, you know, I always say this to my patients, you know, I could have 10 kids sitting in my waiting room that all have autism that could be on 10 different protocols, or I could have, you know, one protocol that works for 10 different conditions. So it's all, you know, that's the beauty of naturopathic or holistic medicine is that it really is very individualized. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with autism, there's a genetic component or 
predisposition. Mm. Um, and then there's some kind of, and this is my word. This is not an autism word at all. I call it poisoning. Like there's something that has, has, you know, upregulated yeah. that child's immune system. So whether it was a vaccine or a, a surgery or an antibiotic or something that kind of tripped up that particular child's immune system, you kind of unwind that. Um, the biggest concern of course, with autism really is, you know, in a, in a kind of, um, you know, global, you know, view from 30,000 feet is it's kind it's encephalitis. So you have to really reduce the inflammation or swelling in the brain. So you do that really by fixing the gut because the landscape in the gut is exactly the same as the landscape in the brain. So if you can reduce the healing and, or um, inflammation and um, any kind of imbalance in the gut, you have a good chance of being able to fix the brain. That's cool. No, oh, what about, um, are you familiar with TRS? We talk a lot about TRS I, on this show. I love, well, I love TRS, but it needs yeah. to be used with caution. Yes. Okay. Okay. What are some of the cautions? So some of the cautions are if your genetics are messed up and you mm -hmm. don't have really great genetics to be able to help your body eliminate toxins properly, you can kind of end up with a little bit of bottleneck with TRS and kids can get kids in particular, because that's really my expertise can get really sick. Okay. So you can end up kind of with like an overrun um, of toxins in your liver and kidneys and some of your detox organs. So it has to, I would never ever recommend somebody go out and buy uh, TRS online and then kind of use the protocols that are out there because that can mm -hmm. be challenging but to find a provider that's educated in it it can be a huge game changer okay right on yeah good to know now uh, yeah. let's see um so the other thing i had here was um you know we, we talked about like people going to the hospital and we've kind of really just dived okay so let me just back it up a little bit so i, I heard fauci talking the other night right and he was just uh it was on some MSNBC thing, and he was uh, being challenged on the fact that uh, that Laura Logan lady was calling him out as a tyrant and then the worst thing since, like, Hitler and all this stuff, right? <laughs> and he was just, like, sitting there just, like, stewing, you could tell. And his response was, like, well, I can't believe that they would call me that. You know, I'm just trying to help people. Like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And uh, there's 770,000 people that have died from COVID. And I'm like, okay. Didn't and he rely just, back on that argument, though, that if, if, if you're – if you're arguing with me, you're just arguing with science. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Came back the whole to that. Thing. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah, the whole I thing was just insane. Somebody threw that in my face on my own Facebook page the other day. Yeah. Hold on, I'm I'm looking for a quote from DeSantis. So I posted this yesterday on my page, and then I got shadow banned today. Who? Yeah. Right? Um, so. DeSantis said, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. And a recovery is when Fauci loses his. Yeah, there you go. That's great. <laughs> I, I love, love that. It. That's pretty good. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the idea being that like he's still harping on the fact that 770,000 people have died from COVID, you know, and people are still buying that whole narrative, right? But, uh, you know, it's, it's it seems to me, and from all the research and all the doctors we've talked to and everything, it seems like... When they go to the hospital and they're looking for help, ultimately that the lack of treatment or the lack of early intervention and the lack of things to help actually help them in exchange for just driving this narrative, that's what's killing people. It's the hospital protocol and the lack of early intervention, just the callous disregard for anything that could potentially Running the AIDS help. playbook again. Yes. Oh, what, what, what are your thoughts on absolutely. That? Yeah. Well, and here, let me just say this before I answer your question yeah. is um, I have a friend who lost a parent and um, it was something, it was lymphoma, wasn't anything that was related to COVID at all. And the nurse came up to the family and and said, do you want us to put COVID on the death certificate? Because if we do, um, the funeral will be covered. Wow. Wow. Jeez. So, so that was the other thing. Remember when all that came out, a couple, mm -hmm. you know, a year ago and when you know, they I said everybody yeah. died from COVID. Yeah. And so then everybody got all mad. And I was like, where have you been? You know, they've been doing this for, to the flu shot and to, to the yeah. flu for 20 years. I mean, oh, even sure. as far back as when I was a nurse, you know, just a regular floor nurse back in the late nineties. And I mean, this is this, it's the same, like you said, it's the same playbook. They amortize these numbers, they confabulate them. And what they used to do is they put anybody who died in a, a of cardiovascular anything, which is how you die, right? You're either your, your brain mm -hmm. dies or your heart dies. Those are the two sure. things that happen. Um, anybody that died of cardiovascular, anything got labeled as a flu death. So they came up with this magical number of 36,000. It's stuck kind of like the 770,000. And then we just keep using the same number. It's like a loop. I mean, nobody's actually reading research. Nobody's actually looking at new studies at M&M data or anything like that. They're just, it's the same little robotic 777 people died. I mean, it's the same ridiculous thing. So I think it's, 
it's the same amortized numbers because the CDC even redacted that number on multiple occasions to the best of my knowledge, saying that really the actual number was of a small fraction mm-hmm. of, of what we were seeing with, you know, what was being toted out there in the news. Mm-hmm. And people are still holding on to this. And I don't know if it's that they're just begging to have their rights taken away or if there really is some true fear because of the level of yeah, no, it's uh, good. the level of manipulation that's going on, but it it's incre- it's absolutely incredible, and I agree with you. Like, you hear the same number all uh, all the time. Yeah, but just the fact that it's just so it's we know at this point it's not COVID that's killing them. It's literally this other stuff, and so the fact that he's going on there and still driving that that's just it's just more it's just fine. Keep saying it, buddy. Keep it's, saying it's, it. People are under a spell at yeah. this point. They are yeah. literally under a spell, and they have picked their side, and they will defend it till the, the cows go home. And like yep. whatever Fauci says, there he's their emperor, right? Like right. it's it's, yeah. it's, yep. it's where well, we're at. So and so I'm going to date myself on this next statement. But when I was a kid, I used to watch Little House on the Prairie. Right. And there was an episode where Mary had to have surgery. Remember, they had to go to the big city and everybody prayed for her because hospitals were like big and scary places. And they weren't sure she was going to come out alive. And then we kind of like flipped the script on that. And, you know, people were going to hospitals and they were happy places where children get chemotherapy and (laughs) then they get McDonald's afterwards. I mean, there was literally a marketing campaign about Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. I worked in the hospital where kids got chemotherapy and then went and ate McDonald's. I'm not going to lie. And so the only thing I can say about all of this is that I do think the people that are willing to see the truth are seeing that the manipulation is happening in the hospital. And Mm -hmm. and I had a patient say to me the other day who who had COVID, she had mild symptoms and she was like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I'm like, Mm -hmm. why would you have to go to the hospital if you have a cold? Like if you're short of breath and your SAT is 85, you need to go to the hospital. But if you have a cold and body aches and are just generally complaining about having a headache, stay home some soup you know yeah yeah man we just yeah it's just so shocking i mean they've shifted it so your dependence is on them for everything right like they're the only solution to to all your ailments i have to admit that's that's exactly where they want us i have to admit that's very strong programming you know i i I find myself thinking the same thing too, you know, it took me a long time to break free from the idea that vaccines are safe and effective. You know, I was watching it happening to my son and, and his mom was like screaming and like she had to drag me to, to vaxxed and, uh, you know, like really like get me to look at the data. Once you look at the data, once you look at it for yourself, like it's, you can't take it back. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's yep. there. Yep. 100%. Well, I, what's that saying? Anybody that actually does research would never vaccinate their kids. So, you know, yeah. something yeah. like that. Like yeah. if you're actually looking at the research, there's no way that you would ever consider or consent to that. But yeah. I mean, again, I mean, isn't that classic A1 cognitive dis- dissonance? I mean, as mm-hmm. a parent, our only job is to protect our children. And, you know, to, yeah. to know that on some level that you had a part in, in something that harmed your kid. I mean, it's just, it's a sickening, sickening feeling. I absolutely. can't imagine what parents go through, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right on. Well, shoot, Kendra, thank you so much for sitting in with us tonight. Okay, before yeah. before before we cut it here, I have to okay. ask a couple of questions. Okay, so, okay. Uh, first of all, you're in Florida, and, and it's wonderful. And, you know, our like I said, our friend Cheney's over there, and she's really sold us on Florida. You know, obviously, when once this uh, COVID mandate comes through where they're doing the passports here where like we kind of want to be out at that I'm point, ready to so. go I'm packed I, I know you're ready to go I have I have yeah. kids and and uh, and the, and the kids on. mom we got to figure out how we're doing all this stuff right there's there's <laughs> yeah. a lot more moving pieces for some of us I know. Scott. so yeah, take but, her take her with you there's freedom yeah. here yes. the, the one thing I, I I always wanted and I asked Cheney the same thing is are they masking the kids in schools Nope. I mean, that's, that's the most important thing. Nope. I mean, I, and I will say, you know, here we found some teachers that left the school system and, and went to, into a church and like opened up some classrooms. So, sure. so we have found a wonderful way here to, to deal with it in the short term, but long term, you know, if there's going to be a passport, that's kind of a, a no brainer. We got till know? March, man. Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. No, there's, well, they banned passports here and, and in 10 other states, I think, as of today. So Good. there's none of that. Yeah. But they haven't, the kids didn't even go back to school in masks. They're not testing kids. Um, you know, if you're out with a cold, you're out with a cold and you come back when your cold is over. They're not requiring a negative test or anything like that. My biggest, cont- I mean, I homeschool anyway, so I was a little sure. bit less concerned about that, but I was really worried about the sports. I mean, they were masking kids to, you know, to do yeah. sports and my son's yeah. a hockey player. You know, so the last thing he needed was to do that. But even when we got here last November, last October, 
there was none of it, none of it. And there's, and I have, I live right by one of those like big soccer fields where there's, you know, 10 different soccer fields, you know, and all the kids Mm -hmm. come play and you see people lined up there for hours and hours. There's not a mask in sight. Thank God. I love it. It's like a parallel universe, man. (laughs) Crazy. It is. It is. Right on. Well, right on Dr. Kendra. So thank you so much. Thank you you, so uh, much. Tell our listeners how they can uh, support you, find more of your work and get more from Dr. Kendra Becker. All right, sure. Um, I do have a website. It's drkendrabecker.com. When I'm not shadow banned or banned, I am on Facebook and Instagram under Dr. Kendra Becker. I wrote two books. I have a course out. And uh, one of these days, my husband and I keep talking about it. We're going to start a podcast that just kind of delves into all of it, the health and the politics of it all, because they're so interconnected. Do it. Do it. The world needs it. We're always telling people like there's never enough podcasts out there. And and it's just an awesome journey. If you need any guidance or anything, let me know. All right. Perfect. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you up next time. Yeah. All right. Always All a right. pleasure. You thank too. you so Bye-bye. much. Bye-bye. Have a good All night. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bam. Dude, I just love her, man. She's good. She is so awesome. She's, and I love, I love that we have these amazing, super intelligent doctors that are just so like on the level and get mm-hmm. it all like mm-hmm. she just she gets, she gets it she gets all of it right like she she's gets just it. on the fucking level man. yep yep yep, yep. Yeah. and and i think that the thing that we need to all take away from that is that trs is very effective it's very effective <laughs> <laughs> yeah scott it you really works up, uh, it really works uh, yeah no uh, but it, it i think from what reflecting on that yeah i think if you have a kid and the, the testimonies are there and, yeah. and the testimonies have shown i mean my my own son yeah. you know got his language back uh by using trs but you know i mean you don't want to be go giving an adult dose to a, a child yeah, just sure. like anything you know yeah, yeah. i mean i would start the dosage off low and yeah, yeah. you know increase as you know but yeah um, totally totally yeah. totally so anyway right on guys well i hope you enjoyed that episode uh all kinds of good stuff to look into from there. I got a whole bunch of notes. So, uh, I want to go look at the quack watch and see, uh, they need to make like, <laughs> I want to get on there. Yeah, That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, they need to make like a podcast quack watch page. I know every like, time they come up with like these dirty dozen yeah. or like this stuff, I'm like, I'm like, where, where's Truzilla? Come yeah, on. Dude, I'm disappointed. Yeah. The dirty <laughs> d- disinformation dozen, like, like we're just working our way down that list. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to get to all of them eventually. Um, but yeah, I think like us and Charlie and Ricky, like we'd all just be like, man, top of the list there. That's hilarious. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for sitting in with us once again. Uh, my name is Scott sitting here with my good friend Ed Megan will be back soon and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity pew 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 pew, pew, pew. ding